but we need new innovative blood. We keep putting out the same uh, incestuous uh, system back in where everybody comes from the same law school and all of them know each other. The judges know each other. It's something it's, it's just got to change. Live from the Annex Wealth Management Studios at the Avenue in downtown Milwaukee, this is Wisconsin's Morning News. Here's your host, Vince Vetrano. 610 here on Wisconsin's Morning News. Can you imagine? Your kindergartner doesn't come home from school one day. Okay, latest the bus usually drops a little guy off is 5 p.m. or so. A 5 p.m. bus comes, little guy's not home. Not sure in this case if mom picks him up at the bus stop or if it drops him right at the house. Nonetheless, this happened in Milwaukee this week. His name is five-year-old Cameron Smith. He had fallen asleep on his school bus, as it turns out, and was not found until his family tracked him down at the school bus company's parking lot. And they were the ones who had to do it and find him. Cops weren't involved. They were involved. School bus company not involved. Ish. Reporting here from the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel this week, JS reports the bus company, Go Right Way, fired the driver, said he failed to follow proper safety protocols at the end of a shift. Which, which means what, walking to the end of the bus? You would have to think at least includes right a walkthrough and make sure all those seats are empty. Because this yeah. has happened before. Right, oh yeah. You ask, like, how does a kid fall asleep on the bus? I don't know. If you're on the bus for who knows how long. Long day. If you're a kindergartner, you're not getting old, home sure. till 5 o'clock, right? So but there's falls. been some tragic consequences there, yes. tragic situation. So frustrating ordeal for the family here. Mom tells the Journal Sentinel that they called the school, Milwaukee Academy of Science, called the bus company, got no answer in either call. I mean, at this point, it's well after 5 o'clock, right? right? So I guess you can't blame the school for not being there. Bus company apparently was shut down. All the buses are back. All right, we're closed for the day. Yep. They did call police. They posted Cameron's picture on Facebook. Hey, we're looking for our guy here. Got an, uh, other family members involved. Everybody's looking for Cameron. According to mom, police did respond, but they were focused on first searching the home. And I'll grant them some some room there. You and I have covered missing persons. Oh, sure. Yeah. I don't know, for decades, right? Yep. A couple of things. Suspects, if there is going to be anything nefarious, are oftentimes right. going to be initially be parents, family members, etc. And on the far less nefarious side, right. kid came home and... Went went to sleep upstairs. Yeah, or, went hiding someplace. I covered a missing kid in Burlington years ago. It was like, hey, kid's missing, kid's missing. Been hours, nobody can find him. Yeah. You know, roll the live truck, everybody down there. Whole community is looking for this kid. He was like in a shed on the property. He was yeah. so scared that, about something. So that happens. Right. So, okay, but what, one, one officer can't drive by the bus place? Well, so apparently that wasn't happening. So that's when other family, including Cameron's brothers and his dad, Took matters into their own hands. They go to the bus company, which was, again, locked up. This is after 7 o'clock now. Said they heard honking. Someone's honking from inside the bus yard. So they hop the barbed wire fence and start shouting Cameron's name. Little guy figured out how to turn the light on in the bus, and that's how they ultimately found it. Wow. Come on. Aren't they supposed to check the bus before they... Yeah. Uh, right. Okay. At the very least, right? Your your protocol includes check all those seats, adjust in case it's ninety nine percent of the time I, there's nothing there to oh see. My but gosh, this I can't kid's even... scarred for life now. I'll never get on another bus again. Well, there, right? there's that, but also, like, you're absolutely right, Debbie. I keep going back to the mom and dad. I'd be losing livid, my mind. Livid. I would have driven my car through the fence. Yes. <laughs> right? Yes. Yes. 
And heads up by the little guy at that point, you know, through this hours-long ordeal, scared, cold, tired, all that, to figure out how to turn on a light in the bus or had the presence of mind to be honking that horn, or they might not have known he was in there. Mom said he is, he's okay, he's really tired. She did take him to get checked out for hypothermia because he was cold. Mm-hmm. Why? Well, I, I don't understand why no one would have thought to go by the, why don't we swing by the bus company quick? No, we'll Do go. That. We'll go search the house. You know the cat. Co- I got some folks here, but somebody go by the bus company, or somebody get somebody on the line here yeah, for the yeah, bus company. Right. Let's open this place up. Well, we'll just have Dad go climb the fence and find his kid. Jeez. Fortunately, it ended uh, at least in terms of his physical safety. Well, and Cameron had just fallen asleep on the bus. Said he when he woke up, it was dark. Someone's in trouble, though. So yeah, someone <laughs> got fired over that, yep. and uh, the investigation continues. Six fifteen on Wisconsin's morning news. And at 622, the big dig continues this morning for many across southeast Wisconsin after the first real winter blast dropped up to seven inches of snow on the higher end. Some folks got far less. My husband has been um, using the snowblower for some heavier things like at the end of the driveway and we like sprayed the blades because it was so sticky. It's just sticking to the blade. Yeah, TMJ4 News talking with a woman in Waukesha as predicted. Heavy, wet, sticky. I was shoveling slush. Oh, really? What you got? You're in Waukesha oh, County. No. We had we had snow, nice and heavy <laughs> snow. Want to check in this morning with one of our great partners here at WTMJ, Great Lakes Landscape. About 24 hours into its plowing operations, they do everything from parking lots to driveways across southeast Wisconsin. Ryan Kodak is the owner there. Ryan, I'm sure you've been touched with your crew, uh, wide service area that that you guys address. So I bet they've seen all different kinds of things, from mostly rain and slush to some pretty substantial snow totals. Yes, uh, we were definitely seeing wide varieties of accumulation totals. Um, Northwest of the city, Sussex, Heartland, Pewaukee, I would say near five inches of heavy, heavy wet snow. Uh, Wauwatosa and east, maybe a slushy inch or two. Um, Before midday yesterday, it was mostly just wet and then with snow to the northwest. Uh, Yeah, so dramatic differences in what we were seeing actually on the ground. And so you have to be strategic about assigning your drivers, I imagine, because you have a big service area. So, like, <laughs> who gets the snow and who gets the slush? Do you think about that? I'll send Johnson over there to St. Francis. They're not going to get much. Yeah, so we're watching various radars, multiple websites, live traffic cameras we're looking at. Um, technologies these days makes it a lot easier than it was probably 20 years ago, but we have to actually look at live feeds on the ground of what's actually going on. The radar can be tricky, so um, you have to allocate your resources to where the snow's actually falling and not what the radar is just showing you. What's the rule on when you hit like a company parking lot and there's like one car stuck in the middle there? Do you have to like be perfect carving around that thing or can you bury that Hyundai if you need to? (laughs) Sorry, pal, you're buried. Yeah, it's not easy. Um, I tell our guys to stay three feet away from cars. The last thing we want to do is is hit one of those cars or vehicles. Um, People want you to clear it perfectly, but you got to keep a good distance away for safety. Um, So, yeah, if there's two or three cars in the middle of that parking lot and we're trying to clear that efficiently, that definitely slows you down a little bit. (laughs) Talking with with Ryan Kodak from Great Lakes Landscape. You know, obviously, your bread and butter, Ryan, like so many businesses that do what you do is what we do in the spring, summer, and fall, taking care of people's properties. But, man, it's important to have at least a a moderate amount of snowfall for you guys to, to make your business work. 
Yeah, that's true. This year, um, I've been doing this a long time. We're in year 15 here. And uh, this is, the, I think, the least amount of snow that we've seen up to this point, mostly due to the moderate temperatures. We've had a lot of precipitation, but not a lot of snow. Um, yesterday, we got about two cycles in on our accounts because it snowed for 15 to 18 hours. But it does look like that drought's coming to an end, and this week could have a lot of snow in store for everybody in southeastern Wisconsin here. That's Ryan Kodak from Great Lakes Landscape. Hey, Ryan, hope you and all the crew stay safe and uh Get some rest, because as you said, it uh, could be a busy co- yeah, a week we or so. Yeah, thank you, buddy. We're looking at another inch or two tonight and a big storm coming in Friday. So our guys are getting some sleep right now, and we're going to be back at it, it looks like, tonight. So uh, thanks for bringing me on. And, yeah, everybody stays safe out there. Get him some donuts, too, would you? You know, like, help the guys out a little bit. All right. <laughs> yep, I'm going to get a couple dozen this morning and some coffee. Yeah, so... Uh, the guys worked hard yesterday. Appreciate it. Yep. So the Packers think they're in pretty good shape, and they are not happy just to be here as they head to Dallas this weekend. Brandon Snide looks ahead in sports at 645. Star Wars is announcing a new movie on the way. I'm going to play you a little sound clip of oh, music, please. and this will give it away as to what it will focus on. Now, for anyone who's got Disney+, Plus, they know that music. <laughs> That's Mandalorian and Grogu, the little tiny Yoda. They are in a series called Mandalorian, and uh, that's what this new movie will be based about. It will be the Mando storyline. A Mandalorian movie is coming. Stop touching things. Disney and Lucasfilm confirmed the rumors Tuesday. The next chapter of the saga will be on the big screen, not on Disney+. Plus. It'll be called The Mandalorian and Grogu. Grogu, of course, being the character lovingly referred to as Baby Yoda. The film will start production this year with Jon Favreau writing and directing. So Favreau's pretty awesome. Nice, good. He's really good at that stuff. He's created this series, this Mandalorian series. What I don't know is if this would be the culmination of Mandalorian and this little Baby Yoda. Does it pick up at the end and then wrap up, or is it just its own story in movie form, right? And I, it would have to have something connected to the original canon to really sauce it up. Like, you need you need something. This would take place, I would assume, post-Jedi. That's what the series takes place. So the Empire has collapsed, yeah. but, but how fully has it collapsed? Yeah. What remnants are in, left? In order to really sex it up, you need to have something, yeah. right? There has to be a little, I don't know, Chewbacca walking around or something, right? <laughs> Yeah, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, yeah, it's not coming out for a long time yet, but yes, more Star Wars movies are on the way. Big fan. Like the movie. I'm fine with the series. That gives us something You're to do. You're more of a movie guy, yeah. yeah Give yeah. me the big blockbusters at least once every other year. Six forty-three, Wisconsin's morning news on this Wednesday morning. So, the U.S. Secretary of Defense has cancer. That much we know. Yes, the Pentagon officially made that announcement yesterday after days of questions. Nobody at the White House knew. After days of outrage over a secret hospitalization, the Pentagon revealing the reason. Defense Secretary Lloyd Austin was diagnosed with prostate cancer in early December. Doctors at Walter Reed Medical Center saying he's been hospitalized since New Year's Day due to complications from what they say was a minimally invasive surgical procedure called a prostatectomy to treat and cure prostate cancer that took place on December 22nd. Yeah, ABC Selena Wong there. So yeah, it was minimally invasive, uneventful, but then uh, days later, 
He had severe hip and leg pain, nausea, wasn't feeling well, so he returned to the hospital on January 1st, and he's been there ever since. We do not have any information to provide in terms of when he might be released from the hospital, but we'll be sure to keep you updated. And until then, we will continue to release daily status updates on his yep. condition. <laughs> daily, daily reports now. That's Pentagon spokesman Major General Patrick Ryder. So the White House didn't learn about this until yesterday as well. And basically what we're hearing now is that the nature of Austin's illness was behind his reluctance to have that information out there. Didn't, didn't want to really be talking about his cancer. Didn't really want to be talking about urinary tract infections. That was just part of the reason why this was not being discussed. However... You need to tell somebody, especially when you have direct reports who take on more responsibility when you are incapacitated. Here's Elizabeth Newman. She's a ABC News contributor, former DHS assistant secretary. When you are undergoing a medical procedure and you're in the ICU, you actually don't know what your prognosis is. You don't know when you might be incapacitated. And therefore, you need to alert people in advance. Correct. <laughs> like, so. for example, the deputy secretary of defense right. who was at the time on vacation. Yep, enjoying Puerto Rico and not realizing that this was so serious. So now there are some questions about this, about what can happen next, what should be happening. Uh, there are some folks that aren't happy about this as well, including some Republican congressmen. It is a shame that he's been diagnosed with prostate cancer, and I certainly wish him well, but I wish him well in his prime life. I think it's time for the president to uh, take action. And if he doesn't, then the House of Representatives will. That's Congressman Mark Rosendale of Montana calling for the defense secretary to step down. And not because he has cancer and is treating that cancer, but because of his, um, I guess they would suggest, dereliction of duty over the last two weeks to keep people properly informed as to what his condition was. What is the, I mean, if God forbid something like that were to happen to one of us. Do we share that information? I mean, you do, right? You share that information with your boss? Well, I think you're, you're under no obligation to share with me or anyone here that you have cancer, but you ought to tell me whether or not you're coming to work. Yeah. <laughs> like that's, right? And that's the thing. And I know a lot of more people than I'd care to know with prostate cancer right, and course, all yeah. have varying degrees of severity. Some you know, have these, a procedure much like the secretary had there and they're okay and they're living with it or managing it. Some are in the wait and see, you know, right. so it, it can be entirely manageable. And I can respect the privacy right. issue too, but sure. yeah, it goes back to making sure someone at least knows you're not working. Got to let me know whether or not you're going to be here. I can't, can't show up at four in the morning. Where's Eric? <laughs> oh, he's in the ICU. 646 Brandon Snide has Packers news next time for an update from the Gruber Law Office's One Call, That's All Sports Desk. Here's Brandon Snide. After a tough road loss last week to Seton Hall, the 11th-ranked Marquette Golden Eagles are back in action tonight in Milwaukee to take on Butler. That tip-off is set for 8 p.m. Coverage will begin over on 94.5 ESPN Milwaukee beginning at 7. The Tennessee Titans have fired head coach Mike Vrabel on Tuesday after back-to-back losing seasons. Brable led Tennessee to four consecutive winning seasons after arriving there in 2018. And lastly, the 15th-ranked Wisconsin Badgers will look for win number five in a row tonight as they get set to take on the Buckeyes in Ohio State. That tip-off is set for 7.30. It's time for Extra Points, a sports opinion commentary on Wisconsin's Morning News. Here's Brendan Snide. April 25th, 2023. A day, if you're a Packers fan, that you'll look back on and know exactly where you were in the moment Green Bay waved goodbye to quarterback Aaron Rodgers. It also happens to be the same day that a large number of cheeseheads can sign the date on their apologies 
apology letter to Packers general manager Brian Gutekinds, or at least they should. In all of the Packers fans' debates, there is not a single person who has received more heat for the moves he has or has not made. And for some reason, the crowd that should be applauding him for leading this team in what many referred to be as a rebuilding year, instead, they're heading to the postseason is, well, awfully quiet as of late. Moving on from four-time MVP Aaron Rodgers took major onions, and it also meant his belief in the kid he drafted in 2020 was ready. And by the looks of it, Goody was right once again. Another move that was met with heavy criticism that turned out to be completely incorrect. Drafting guys like Jaden Reed, Dontavian Wicks, Tucker Kraft, Christian Watson, and even Romeo Dobbs have helped propel this youngest offense in the NFL to do something that veteran-led group failed to do a year ago. Goody's hiring of LaFleur in 2019 is something that still to this day is overlooked in my opinion. Many fans scoffed at it, didn't agree with it, and some probably still don't, but nonetheless, it turned out to be the right call without a doubt. His foresight in planning for the future, yet playing for today, is something that not many general managers in the NFL are able to do. It's also why you see so many vacancies around the league at this time. Many guys are getting fired. Goody is planning for the postseason. And it's also a major reason why so many Packers fans owe this man an apology. In my life, and I have lived in Milwaukee County for almost all of it, We've had two district attorneys, E. Michael McCann, who was also E. Trivia, my Sunday school teacher at St. Jude in Mount Is that Florida. right? Right. Wow. Uh, also served for more than 30 years and then was succeeded by John Chisholm, who's been in the post since. This is my community. You know, this is where I've raised my family. This is where I grew up myself. And I feel very, very strongly that every single family in this community should have the same opportunities that I had. Chisholm announcing he is not running again later this year. Thus, we'll have a new district attorney in Milwaukee in 2025. Our teammate from 1017 The Truth, Dr. Ken Harris, former Milwaukee police lieutenant, live with us this morning. Tough on crime critics. Ken say Chisholm's been a disaster. Cop haters say he's been a disaster because he doesn't do enough to prosecute officers and controversial shootings. I mean, what is D.A. Chisholm's legacy? I'm going to squeeze myself. First of all, good morning. Happy New Year. I'm 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 going to squeeze myself in the middle of good riddance. How's that? And and why, from a law enforcement perspective, you say that, or are there other things? From a law enforcement, personally, uh, family, um, not lowering crime. I think that's the whole point of a district attorney to help lower crime, and he did not do that in any way, shape, or form. Um, let people out. Um, made vulnerable, quote-unquote, communities more vulnerable by letting criminals out to offset. Something he said, I believe, back in 2014, he talked about the the, uh, incarceration rates and mass incarceration. But something that people forget is that prosecutors are the ones that put people in jail. So he handles that. Prosecutors are the ones, and judges who sends them to long sentences. So they're the issue. If they could correct their jobs, their offices, all this stuff would come to an end and it would be more fair. He let criminals out to go back into vulnerable situations and actually kill people. Waukesha never would have happened had someone from the DA's office or a court commissioner actually given him the bail he deserved. 
So, Ken, what does a new DA need to do? The new DA needs to not be from Milwaukee County. The new DA needs to not be the same name John Chisholm keeps throwing in, Ken Laverne. I've met Ken on several occasions. I'm sure he's a phenomenal um, ADA. And, and, and granted, 98% of those ADAs are absolutely outstanding. But we need new, innovative blood. We keep putting out the same uh, incestuous uh, system back in where everybody comes from the same law school and all of them know each other. The judges know each other. It's something, it's, it's just got to change. Now, there are a lot of folks that, that feel that he's uh, been pro-law enforcement in that we've had a number of controversial shootings over Chisholm's tenure, and but for an occasion here or there, he has been loath to prosecute uh, police officers for doing their jobs. So he doesn't even necessarily uh, go ahead and ring these guys up. I mean, you've got the Mattioli case that's still playing out and things like that, but um, usually right. he ends up siding with law enforcement in those situations. But is he siding with law enforcement or is he following the rule of law like he's supposed to? So because a person individually doesn't like a, um, an, a, an opinion he makes, that's one thing. But when you let people go and things happen to the point where the Waukesha parade or the gentleman who got released in Milwaukee and committed two homicides hours after he was out, that's a problem. And when he says, well, you know, we're going to mess it up sometimes and those things are going to happen. If that's the case, put those people in his neighborhood next door to him and let's see how he feels. Our teammate from 101.7 The Truth, Dr. Ken Harris, host of the Afternoon Show. Good to talk to you, Ken. Have a good one.